Hey yo, what's good everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Streamcast. My name is Rodin and I'm here with Groundskeeper Willy. <laughs> what? Hey, be glad I didn't do it in a Scottish accent because I have a terrible Scottish accent. I know you're not going to hear it. I was going to say, I don't know it's that terrible. I feel we should hear it right nope. now for nope. us to make a fair <laughs> nope. and honest judgment. It's not happening. Damn. No. Well, put it in the comments if you'd like to hear Isaac Scottish accent. Hey, I'm just going to hear it from me. And I'm a reliable source. It's very good. All right. Uh, you know what? <laughs> if I get a promo from you that we were <laughs> cheated out of in one of the quizzes, then yeah, get a Scottish accent. How about that? <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> then. <laughs> So this is going to be our podcast where we cover everything that happened in April 2022. It was a bit of a quiet month for gaming. Nothing really happened. But this month was kicked off by Sonic the Hedgehog 2, the sequel to the famed, well-beloved Sonic movie. And it had the best ever opening weekend for a video game movie with over 70 million US dollars made. And now the film is quickly approaching 300 million worldwide with the US generating almost half of that and the UK generating about 26 million there. Isaac, did you watch this movie? No. That's fair. I will give a quick spoiler-free review. I loved it. It was amazing. If you like films that don't take themselves too seriously, definitely watch this one. This was really good. This feels like the Sonic Cinematic Universe taking shape. Um, and I'm glad now, I feel like now we have people who actually care about the IPs that they're working on, working on these games. Um, so it's not like in the 90s or the noughties where people were just trying to make money, just trying to own things and doing whatever they wanted. Now I feel like the integrity has been maintained through the adaptation and that was maintained here. They continued the story from one, they added without taking anything away, uh, Jim Carrey has to go down as one of the best actors of all time. I'm going to say it right now. He's one of the best ever. His range. Of, co of course, he's only done like comedic stuff. But the range of characters and, and the longevity. Mm. Mm, top notch. Mm -hmm. Sonic Returns. Of course, this isn't really a spoiler, but Tails is there. And Idris Elba has done one of the best pieces of voice work ever as Knuckles. It was so good. I'm very glad that um, apparently he wanted to do a, a high pitch. Sorry, what are you going to say? I was going to say I knew Knuckles was black, but yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it just wanted to do a high pitched voice for Knuckles and that was immediately shut down. Yeah, Thank good. God. Thank God for that. <laughs> but I feel Idris did a very good job of, of just capturing what Knuckles should be and i don't feel like idris is a sonic fan like that mm. but you could tell through the delivery of his lines that knuckles was essentially someone who was royal someone who was a fighter they got over the um in some variations of sonic knuckles is basically an idiot knuckles is an idiot uh illiterate all of that stuff sonic but, boom yeah <laughs> I feel in this version, they got Knuckles right to the point where he is a simpleton, but he's not like brain dead. There is still a very low level of intelligence there, enough for a fighter, essentially. And I feel like they got the humor right, they got timing right, everything was great in that film. And 
if you're if you are a Sonic fan, I would implore you to watch this because they deliver good things that feel deserved. They don't feel just thrown or tacked on. Um, everything feels deserved. And stay for the post-credit scene because my word, it's worth it. Now, <laughs> I need to go see this film. I think you should. I think you should. Of course, I'm like a big Sonic fan, so obviously I'm biased. But if it was shit, I'd tell you it was shit. And I wasn't going to watch it when I saw the first Sonic. You know, the one with the small oh, eyes and the yeah, that was awful. teeth. I that was, was not going to watch fuel. it. <laughs> I don't know who's greenlit that. I hope they're fine. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Paramount have already confirmed the third Sonic movie is in the works. So really quickly, Isaac, I guess, what type of characters from the Sonic universe would you like to see make the jump to the movies in future Sonic films? Namely the third one, but, you know, there might be fourth, fifth, sixth, etc. cetera. Uh, you know, I don't think I'm the biggest Sonic fan in the world, you know? Um, I think Adventure Battle was, like, you know, my Sonic game, the only one I really like. Uh, and they've got all the main characters in there, so I don't really need any more. Um yeah sorry okay fair enough you're, you're not you? feeling you're not feeling shadow uh, oh shadow not in this um he is not in sonic 2 oh uh yeah i suppose you can throw in some shadow um although i like after watching the first film maybe the second film's different but i don't think shadow has a place in that universe um maybe i'm wrong but i don't know like it it doesn't have a super serious shadow feel and like a, a dark grittiness to it <laughs> that shadow brings in so let's see what happens, I guess. Um, and if he does come in, like, I don't think he needs to come in with the guns. Just come in with Chaos Control. It's, it's way better than your silly little guns. Come on. You're not going to hit Sonic with that. Like, I'd be surprised if they brought guns in because mm. they have been clearly, you know, family oriented, PG vibe. So I, I feel they will try to stick to the original Shadow, proper Shadow, mm. and not that game. Um, that we will not talk about. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, if I'm to answer that question, Shadow is definitely who I want to see in future mm -hmm. Sonic films. Um, I would like to see Amy, only if they basically revamp her. I don't want to see Sonic X Amy. I don't want to see the Amy that we are accustomed to. Um, I think we need to see a completely different Amy who is badass and different utilization of the hammer weapon. <laughs> I want to just bring in a new character because that is Amy's character. Everything you don't want is Amy. That's true. That's true. But I feel, I feel the problem is with the writing of Amy. Amy herself isn't the character. Isn't the problem. I think Amy could be really good, a really useful addition to the Sonic universe. Um, I, but write it, write her better, write her better. That's the solution, in my opinion. Um, mm -hmm. I'd, I'd like to see, uh, is it E102 or E103? I think it's E102. Um, you played Sonic Heroes, right? Or did you not? No, I didn't play Okay. Um, so there is, uh, basically Sonic Heroes, you play in teams of three. You've got Sonic Knuckle Tails, then you've got Shadow Rouge, and then a big robot. I think it's E102. Um, I would like to see E102 in a future film, not the next one. I'd like to see Rouge, potentially, um, but Why not... What up? Why do? Because they're not gonna do it right. Like, I hope. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, you know what they're gonna do. <laughs> I you know. Hope, I hope they don't do um, what certain Sonic fans want. I don't want that. I want basically. I just want 
female Sonic characters to be written properly with integrity and respect, I feel that um, we can tell different stories with them. Um, I don't see why they have to be tacked on to, you know, what the main characters are doing. Um, I think there's a lot of potential with the Rouge uh, character, uh, very interesting backstory. Um, I don't see why it can't work. Again, I say the right, the problem with um, content centered around women is the fact that people who aren't adequate at their job are in charge of writing, scripting, all of that stuff. I think if you write Rouge better, she's a better character. I don't even think it's the writing because even in Sonic Adventure 2, like, her character was kind of built, but then just not really, like, done with. Um, but who cares? It's the evil side, whatever. I'm here for Sonic. Uh, my thing is, people lost their shit when they saw Sonic and then they got Sonic of the games. Try and bring out Rouge and Rouge doesn't look like Rouge. People are going to lose their shit again. And we saw what happened with Sonic. So I think the same thing happened with Rouge. And now you've got an 18 plus Sonic film that no one can enjoy. That would be such a horrible decision because of course you got, you know, adults enjoying Sonic films, but I feel where they really made their money is with families. Mm. And I feel you have a big risk of alienating a big chunk of that market. If you go for, you know, Pornhub Rouge, I don't think we need that. I, I think it's a different time. I don't think we need that personally. I mean, to be fair, it can still appeal to families. Like, bring your babies. Sale of milk will shoot up massively. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you drop in the comments who you'd like to see make the jump from Sonic to the silver screen in the Sonic universe? Now, Sonic has made that jump into the moviedom very well. And now there are other games who are getting that same treatment. So Sega have adapted their focus to Streets of Rage. Now there's a movie in the works. And of course, you've seen films such as Uncharted do well in the box office. Ghost of Tsushima is getting a film adaptation. Do you feel this could be the new trend of big AAA blockbuster titles being shifted over to the silver screen, Isaac? Uh, I don't think it's a trend. I think it's a long, ongoing thing that they've tried to do, but... They've botched a couple times. Um, we've just seen like a couple good films happen, and hopefully, uh, that continues. Um, so I don't think they've ever stopped trying to make it work. Like we've got films like um, like Assassin's Creed, which was a dumpster fire. Um, we've got films like I actually got some notes here. We got Warcraft, which is actually really good. Um, which I will segue into my next point. Uh, but then there's also... Actually, do you know what? I think I've only got one dumpster fire of a film on this list. I didn't even bother writing the rest because I was like, I can't bring the energy to this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like uh, I think it's something they've always tried to do and they're just getting better at it now, which is which is honestly really good to see. Um, and it's not just films. Like I think you know there's some really good TV shows being made um, based off games, which I think is, is such a good shout because... I think, like, you know, the appeal of a game is is this whole world that you can just, you know, live inside. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of people, like, feel this. Or maybe not a lot of people. I know I feel this. But, like, let's say you banged out a game um, and you've really, like, you know, imprinted on the main character. Like, you've understood their struggle. And then you either beat the game or you've played the game and you're just like, huh, there's, there's nothing left. And you're just a bit lost for a little bit. Um, 
I think this is something good about, you know, films and shows. Because, like, with films, you get this, you know, like, really, like, high-budget experience. Um, but it's too short. Uh, I know your question was about films, but I have to segue into into TV shows. Because you've got amazing shows like Arcane and The Witcher, which, like, just absolutely take this world and just multiply it by scale factor of 10 or 100 and you just get so much more content which is amazing like um arcane for example i think it's such a wonderful example of how games should be made into films and or movies and shows because league of legends is a game that i'll never play i'm not really interested in it um i think all the characters are pretty interesting but there's i don't want to play the game so that's it that that's my barrier of entry but with arcane like it shows you you know, main characters, backstories, it brings in new characters and it really expands the world. Like there's a technology called Hex Tech. It's really cool. It's how some of their their weapons work. Um and I think they do like go into it in the game, but it's something that you probably have to read or maybe there are some cutscenes. I don't know. I don't play the game. But they they go into it and they they describe the tale of like, you know, how it started and it's so deep because it starts from the childhood of certain characters. And it just builds up from there. And like, you know how it, it's it's nonsense. Like it's it's the whole EastEnders thing where everyone on the square is somehow connected, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but yeah, like of course it's a show. It'd be boring if no one was interconnected. Um and it's just really cool how they can really flesh out characters. You really enjoy these characters, you really enjoy the worlds, the settings, you see their backstories, and maybe this random character that's your main or that isn't your main like you now see them in a new light because you're like oh wow their backstory was really cool oh i had no idea about them okay this this crazy character like why are they so fucked up oh it's because this happened in their childhood um and yeah i think it's a i think it's a good trend um is, is it a trend well i think it's a trend that hasn't just that i think it's been happening for like a while but i think it's it's an amazing thing because you get you get more of a game. So, for example, like if you've got a like a Sekiro or like a Dark Souls, where you have to kind of like find the story yourself or like watch a YouTube video, that's great and all. But now you've got something dedicated that looks great and is like it's just all canon. You don't have to like there's no there's no like guesswork or like fan theory. It's just all there for you. You can sit down, you can enjoy it, and it is just a really nice time. Uh, so yeah, I think it's amazing. I think it takes away the barrier for non-gamers to get involved with this game. Heck, maybe even play it, because I think sales of The Witcher like skyrocketed when The Witcher show came out, so that's good. Yep. Um, it's like this like self-perpetuating thing, like you play the game, so you watch the show, then you watch the show, and then you play the game, which I think is really cool, uh, especially if you're the one you know that, that's getting paid for all of this. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but the consumer, they get a really, you know, cool experience. So, yeah, I, I hope this, you know, catches on and continues. But at the same time, I hope what we've seen in the past doesn't happen because a lot of the times you've had, like, cash grabs. Or I guess when I say cash grabs, it's it's the other way around. It's movie to game. And that's most of the time just an absolute dumpster fire. Um, but, yeah, I like this. I like games becoming films. And I know I've added this, but like shows too, because uh, yeah, you get more of what you love, and can't complain about that. Yeah, I feel that you're absolutely right. I don't mind you talking about TV shows because I think that's a huge part of what people spend their time doing nowadays. So, 
you know, apart from recently, Netflix was doing very well in terms of like consumer hours and stuff like that. So series is also very interesting in the fact that they are more comparable to a game. Like an average big game takes what, 25, maybe 50 hours. So you put that kind of hours into, you know, the actual runtime of a show or a series, and then you kind of get more of a one-to-one uh, retelling. You can spend more time fleshing out certain characters. So I feel that's a very important arm of, you know, the whole, um, I guess, game to show slash movie adaptation route. I, I think you're right in the fact that it's not a trend. I think for me, I think the trend is good movies coming out of these games, good shows coming out of these games. Um, Arcane, great example that you noted, and you reminded me that I need to finish that series because I watched episode one with Akira and we were like, this is really good. And then we did that thing where we don't want to commit and watch another episode because then we're oh. in too deep. So we watch something else. Um, but yeah, <laughs> we need to get back to that. Witcher, I love Witcher, Akira hates it. But um, Wait, but she loves the games, what happened? Um, I don't think she likes Henry Cavill, but <gasps> she's not here. So we're not talking about me liking The Witcher. <laughs> <laughs> so I like The Witcher. I thought it was really good. Season two is a bit eh, but season one I really liked. I think that was, I think you've said something very important there when it came to League of Legends. It's not a game that you're interested in, but that doesn't mean that a series made out of that game is something that you'd immediately write off. And I think that's important. And I think that's, the key behind why a lot of games or a lot of studios are making this transition is not to, well, it might be to obviously retain some of those fans and get some crossover, but it's to appeal to new fans as well. I think that's very important to either get new players who haven't played their game before playing their game or to just um, excite a new uh, area of fan. You know, fans who don't, people who aren't gamers, but who like TV, you know, people who like Star Wars and stuff like that, they could sit down and see themselves watching something like that. Um, so I think the trend is in the quality now because we've seen, you know, Mortal Kombat movies, we've seen Street Fighter movies, we've seen Mario movies, and they weren't good. So I think this trend isn't new, but I think good ones are. Um, and uh, I think... Sega are thinking about making Yakuza a movie series as well, which I'd love personally. Um, it Takes Two is getting the adaptation treatment as well with The Rock's company taking production. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he starred in it as well because yep. he's that kind of guy. Mm -hmm. um, is it Seven Dollar Studios? That is company name. Seven Bucks. Seven but Bucks, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all know that story. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, that that's... I feel I feel Streets of Rage has such a high ceiling when it comes to a movie, and I think it's one of those things that um, if you've got a game with essentially a roster of good guys that you can pick from, um, I feel you kind of have an easier route to success with like a show or a movie format, just mm. because you can you can flesh out certain characters. You can focus on Adam Hunter, for example, and then the next one you can focus on Blaze. Um, Ghost of Tsushima is a slam dunk. It's an open goal. You can only mess that up if you put some clown in front of, you know, the camera. So I, I'm expecting Ghost of Tsushima to do very well, uh, particularly because Uncharted did quite well. Um, so I guess in that note, what kind of 
other games do you think could make that transition really well? Whether it's to a TV, I guess the question is primarily movies, but mm-hmm. um, you might have more of a TV mindset there. So if that is something you can envision for certain games, then let me know that as well, Isaac. What do you feel? What games could make that transition well? Um, I think I'm gonna have to. It's gonna have to be. I'm gonna have to lean towards like TV shows, honestly, because I think there's only one good film adaptation of a game. I didn't even play the game Warcraft. Thought it was really cool. I liked all the costumes. Um, I quite enjoyed the story. Uh, but I think like a lot of first-person shooters would make amazing films, but better TV shows. So, for example, um, like Overwatch, Apex could I think because. They do this thing where, like, they have all these, like, promos and, like, adverts and whatnot, and they, like, you know, advertise this character, and they've got, like, backstories and lore for all these characters. I think Overwatch have actually done some, like, short episodes or films, but I don't think they've ever done anything that's, like, extensive or, like, a film or, like, a TV series. So I think that's when I first saw Overwatch. I thought it was going to be a show. Turned out it was a first-person shooter, and there was actually no, there's no, like, film or show, and I was a bit disappointed by that. Um... But they really do create these, like, you know, amazing worlds. And for me personally, uh, it's, I don't know, it's a bit, like, it's a bit disheartening when, like, I see a streamer. I'm like, yeah, they're great at shooting games or whatnot. So this is me not knowing, I'm not, like, slagging off any shooting games. It's not me not knowing them that well. But, like, there's a certain skill involved. I think it's amazing and whatnot. But I never see anyone talking about, like, the characters or, like, the backstories. And, I mean, that's not the, the main focus. But I feel like all this great writing gets put on the back burner unfortunately if there's like so much good content there um what else would be good uh you know yeah you're right about ghost of Tsushima. like that you know i think don't don't even don't even don't even bring live action into that just animate it it already looks amazing it looks stellar just take that and make some mini series put them onto netflix and profit like genuinely I think that's a no-brainer. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of first-person shooter games would make, you know, really, really good uh, shows. Um, and then lots of RPGs too. It's like Fable. I think that'd be a really good one if that was uh, made into a show, maybe a film. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I, I've i lost all faith in Pokemon. Because um, the Detective <laughs> Pikachu was okay, but it wasn't stellar. It wasn't a 10 out of 10. It wasn't 9. It wasn't 8. I wouldn't even say 7. It was 6. It was a nice watch. It was a nice watch. Maybe Ooh. a 7. But mostly a 6. It was a nice watch. It wasn't... Fair? I don't think it was anything. Um, But, uh, but yeah. That's what I think. What about you? Um, So, I have this really interesting opinion, opinion of Detective Pikachu. And it's not really interesting, like actually interesting it's just so the first time i watched it i thought it was average bang average mm-hmm. second time i watched it i thought it was good i liked it a lot more and i don't know why because of course it was the same film i don't know whether you know i had matured or i don't know my perception was different but mm-hmm. i still i still think sonic was the better film mm-hmm. than detective pikachu um but i think there's there's a lot of legs there i hope it's just like a one-off i don't i hope they don't do a detective pikachu too but I feel that like places like Nintendo and and Pokemon can create their own cinematic universes and just have entire universes made into movies, into shows. Um, Because I feel 
a lot of like the nerd culture is gonna follow that MCU route. Like, you know, the Sonic films have post-credit scenes and mm. you know people weren't doing that 20 years ago. Um but I'm gonna answer the question. <laughs> In terms of games that could actually make great movies or series, I'm gonna say all of the good from software games. So Dark Souls 1, 3, Bloodborne, Sekiro, I guess Elden Ring as well. I haven't played it though. But like those games could make very interesting stories. And it's because of something that you said, Isaac, that there is a story there, but you kind of have to piece it together yourself. And I think that's fine. But I feel um, they could take a big chunk of money and market share from actually making a well-fleshed story because they'll have the action down. You know, they'll have the boss designs down. Um, so I just think they just need to be able to formulate a story and, you know, fix it all together. I think they've got an amazing puzzle. They just need to put the pieces in the right place. I I feel that that's probably more of like, like a Netflix or an Amazon Prime series, just because I don't know how well that would do in the cinema. But um, I think there's a lot of intrigue in those games to the point like, no matter how many people moan about them, people are always the Squidward meme, you know, looking outside at people having fun playing from software games. And they're like, why are you having fun playing this game? Why are you enjoying this game? Why did you play this game? And then mm -hmm. secretly they want to play this game, but yeah. you know, they just can't. So um, I feel there is enough intrigue with those kind of games. Um, Infamous is one that I feel could make a really good movie just because it has that um, superhero vibe, mm -hmm. but then there's a darker twinge. Um, depending on how much they want to play with moral ambiguity, um, that's probably another series. But I feel Infamous could be a very good series of films as well. Um, and you could do Infamous 1, Infamous 2, and then Second Son. I think there's a lot of legs there. Of course, they're making Last of Us into a series. I think that make a banging film. Um, just because I, I feel people love, you know, zombie apocalypse stuff. Because mm. people keep doing it, <laughs> no matter how many times they are similar to the other ones. Yep. People love that stuff. So I feel Last of Us could be banging. God of War would make a really good movie. Um, and I feel you could carry... I feel you could start all the way from um, essentially Kratos growing up with Davos. And then catch all of that um, to the point where Ares betrays him. In, in like a film called Alpha or something, and then you move on to Ascension and eventually you get to the North Saga. I feel God of War could be a very successful series of films. But before we move on, because I know we're getting a little bit off topic, I just wanted to bring up something. Um, we said about Infamous. Uh, just fun fact. I can't remember exactly who it was, but either the director or the guy who created the story, one of these guys in Infamous team, they wanted the evil ending to be canon um unfortunately they couldn't because i think no. around 70 percent of players picked the good ending so they couldn't like move forward with the evil ending which is why cole is spoiler alert which is why cole is dead and he's probably going to stay dead because they had to respect the choice of all the players um so yeah little fun fact when you said that the first thing that came to my head was fuck the players but um... <laughs> <laughs> they can't PlayStation, <laughs> fuck the players. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so upsetting. Anyway, I mean, I I get it. It's a logical move, so I'm not too mad at that. I guess we'll throw it to you, the comment section. Let us know what games you feel would make great movies. Hit us up. Let us know in the comments. 
So I talked about It Takes Two. That's going to be a big one. You know, Dwayne, The Rock Johnson, one of the biggest human beings to ever exist, is going to be probably behind and in front of the camera. And they've got the support of Amazon. And we don't know if Amazon is going to support streamers the way they support The Rock because Amazon's Twitch has suggested a revamp. There have been initial discussions held up in like Twitch HQ and they're considering doing changes to their platform. So currently Twitch dictates a 50-50 split of revenue between themselves and the streamers, but the top echelon of streamers command a 70-30 split favorable to the streamer. But Twitch has discussed potentially scaling that back to 50-50, making them you know just as important as the rest of the Twitch streamers. In return, Twitch is considering peeling back of the exclusivity clause, allowing streamers to stream on YouTube and Facebook. Um, and they have discussed healthcare and holiday benefits as well, which would be actually genuinely useful for a lot of people who um, rely on Twitch as a source of income, um, you know, who need to do life stuff, you know, you can't expect people to be behind, you know, in front of a camera 24 seven. Um, there's also something here that Twitch has mentioned that creators that stream for a minimum of 40 hours per month may receive $100 if they run two minutes worth of adverts per hour. Um, those do add up. Uh, Isaac, as I guess a viewer of Twitch streams, um, where do you kind of stand on this kind of stuff? And can you imagine this, you know, hamper, you know, or putting you off from watching Twitch streams in the future? Uh, oh, it's a weird one because, like, the way I consume Twitch has has had to like drastically change over like COVID. It was different because I mean, where's anyone going? Um, but now I've, I've really like scaled back on it. Uh, because it's so easy to like you know follow one read and then go to another read and then it's like well my evening's gone. Um, so you know I'll I'll watch Twitch very sparingly, and a lot of the time if I if I am watching it, it's just like to support uh, a streamer that I like. Um, so I'll probably just lurk or something like that. Um, so in terms of the changes, uh, I think they could be cool. I think I think a two minute ad isn't terrible because like if you're streaming for like three hours you can you can even just let your your you know your viewers know all right every like half hour or like on the hour every hour we're just gonna do a two minute ad so if you guys want to watch the ad that's great um maybe you know get a pint of water to drink watch the ad whatever um i guess it's a nice way to to break it up and like most people when they do consume twitch it is to you know like they enjoy the content, but they also want to support the streamer. Like a lot of, and it's really nice. A lot of what I've seen is people just wanting to support the streamer, but then they'll stay because they genuinely enjoy the content. And that's the nice thing about Twitch. It's a, uh, you know, in, enjoy, watch what you enjoy um, kind of thing. And I think, you know, it's, it's not going to be a big deal and it's good. Streams get a little bit of money. And like, it's not a lot, but a lot of people streamers just enjoy what they do. So it's hundred pounds. It's quite nice because it could just mean, you know, like saving up for a new graphics card or a new mechanical keyboard or some new headphones or a new mic. And that's great. I think that's amazing. Uh, my thing is, though, like, is that that's going to be £100 a month, right? Yeah. Or then, yeah, I think, I think that's all right. Um, and then I guess, you know, everything that they've got going already will still stay in place. So this is just like a, a nice extra. So that's cool. Uh, in terms of like holiday hours, um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, 
because does that mean like they they're actually going to get some form of compensation from Twitch because technically a streamer could just stop for a bit and be like yo guys I'm taking some time off or I'm going on holiday like unless they get some form of like compensation then I that just seems like fluff um but hey if they do get something then I think that's great and healthcare especially for the Americans I think that's going to be amazing can you imagine like oh my goodness i need a new lung it's gonna cost me 50k let me just like stream for an hour great i'm on the benefits package i can now get a lung and it's not gonna cost cost me the other lung like that's amazing <laughs> um and then i do you know what i think it's 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 really weird the whole like 50 50 thing because like obviously because here's the thing, right? Like, not not all Twitch streamers are the same. Like, I think, you know, it's great that everyone streams, but if you're someone who brings in, like, you know, like, 50,000 views constantly, regularly, and then you're someone who's just started off, great, great to you and everything, but I, I don't see why you can be mad about someone getting that 70-30 split. Like, they've got a big audience. They've worked hard for it. Um, some haven't worked hard for it, uh, but most have um and you know like okay they're, they're getting what they're worth like you wouldn't you couldn't be mad if you're at a company and you were this entry-level employee that didn't do much and you were pissed that you weren't on the same like benefits package as the ceo then again a lot of ceos don't do much okay let's say upper mm. middle management you can't be pissed that you're not on like like their wage you know um or someone who is like highly skilled and i'm not saying you know certain twitch streamers aren't because i think every twitch streamer is very highly skilled there's so much that goes into it there is the production value of their channel there's knowing how to use um like effects there's knowing how to use all these programs there's knowing how to set up your mic there's knowing how to to use discord um to, to like advertise there's so much that goes into this but at the same time like i mean you know this is also a bit of a business. So I think, like, if you get to the top, that 70-30 split, all right, yeah. Like, have that. It's, that's you getting paid. Okay. Um, Maybe, I don't know, they bring in some other things. So it's not just 70-30 or 50-50. Maybe there can be, like, other incentives or, like, goals to work towards. That could be another way to do it. But I don't know. I don't think it's a... Uh, I don't know. Like, uh, I think that 50-50, that 70-30 thing is fair. Um, I don't know. I'll... When I'm done, I guess I'll you tell me what you think, and if I'm wrong, then I'll reevaluate because uh, that's what you do in a conversation. Um, but but yeah, I don't know. Like I think this is this is all fine. I don't think they're taking anything away from people. Um, well, apart from the upper echelon, but whatever. Like who cares? They're they're a smaller majority than like everyone else on Twitch. Um, which is something that Mixer should have taken into consideration. Like, they are a very small percentage. So what you need to do is spread the love between everyone. Um, so, I don't know, maybe this will, this will you know, lead to, to, to something better. Because um, they're now like... Actually, no. No, I take it back. Because here's the thing, right? If they change that 70-30 split, well, all, that, all that happens is Twitch gets more money in their pocket. Maybe that's how they're going to feed it into everyone else. Maybe that's how they're going to pay everyone their 100 pounds and give them like amazing healthcare um and whatnot but i don't know man like for the most part i think this is going to be a good thing seems more beneficial than not especially if you're just starting out as a streamer 
Uh, and if you're already up there, then that you you've made your millions. All right, what do you care? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. yeah. you? I mean, I feel like Twitch has enough money to have a um, global seventy thirty split, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't run Twitch. This this is all Twitch's thing, so you know they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Um, I guess it makes sense, you know, them considering going down to a 50-50 if they're also saying, you know, you can stream on YouTube and Facebook. I think that's very important mm-hmm. um, because the exclusivity clauses is why a lot of people that I've seen who have been a bit maybe about going Twitch partner, um, they don't want to be locked to one um, platform. So yeah. that would be a big help. Um, obviously, only partners who are in that top percentile who are, are getting that 70 in the first place. So um, can't really speak to that, um, but... Not yet, you can't. <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think in general, I think 70 it would be better for affiliates as well. Um, there's been a lot of talk since, you know, the pandemic came about because there have been a lot of people who have started streaming because of the pandemic. But for us, I think it was just a a, a very happy uh, accident because we wanted to stream anyway. Um, it's half of our name. So I know that I wanted to get some streaming incorporated and it just happened to be, you know, the pandemic happened. Um, and I, I feel for affiliates, you know, a 70-30 split is favorable because a lot of people who do stream want that to be their, you know, main source of income. Um, and I feel that goes a long way to helping them get better and a lot of that money that comes in when they get payouts it does go on bettering improving their setup if it's a pc or laptop or disk drive or hard drive capture cards um so i feel that is where i stand on that i feel something that it should be global for any affiliate partner etc etc um i've seen discourse on social media about having a, a middle platform between partner and affiliate i don't agree with that whatsoever i i, I feel that's just not quite a pyramid scheme, but I feel like you know you're just adding more obstacles uh, yeah. for no reason. Um, I do very much like the healthcare benefit stuff and the holiday stuff. Of course, it's just talk, um, so I, we don't know how that's actually going to be um, activated. But they, those sound positive. I would say that um, the ad stuff doesn't bother me too much because on TV you know, the add to actual content proportion is a lot more than two versus 58 minutes per hour. So I feel that it's not the biggest deal in the world. Um, especially, if, I mean, UK TV is very regulated when it comes to like ad time. So I don't feel that two minutes is the biggest issue in the world. Two mm-hmm. two minutes per hour, it's, an, it's a minute per half hour. So I don't feel that's... Um, I don't know. I, I have seen a lot of negative feedback to that. Um, and I guess I kind of get that because as a viewer, you kind of don't want your viewing interrupted. Um, you don't want to miss out on, you know, a boss kill, for example, or a really funny moment. Um, because obviously it's live streaming and you just kind of miss the the, the time that's been taken by the ads. So mm. that is a huge negative. Um, and I don't know what the solution to that is. I don't think it's delaying the content until after the ad because then it's not live anymore 
Um, so that's an interest, interesting conundrum for Twitch. I, I assume they'll do nothing about it. Um, but yeah, I, I guess I've got some thoughts about how I could run that into you know my content personally. Um, so I'm pretty mixed on this revamp. I, I guess mm-hmm. the, the whole 70-30 down to 50-50 isn't good for the partners because for a lot of them who get to that point, it is, you know, a part, if not all, of their, you know, day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think streaming to YouTube could be hugely beneficial as well because YouTube is still one of the biggest platforms going. Um, I don't see why a Twitch partner going to YouTube can't help either. And YouTube has a 70-30 split for all their partners. Facebook, I think, has uh, allows people to keep 100% of proceeds. So... Oh. The, you know there are there there is competition out there um yeah that's that's what i think i was just gonna say um firstly like are you still watching regular tv just out here watching ads um i watch uh itv hub channel uh, what's it for on demand and stuff so they those uh, have ads on their free versions sense. yeah so, um that's what i call regular tv <laughs> okay all right cool cool um, and also with the ads, I I would assume that it's the streamer can just pick when they played the ad, so they just stop playing for like two minutes, and the ad would play. So I don't think you'd miss out on anything. Um, and I I get what you mean. I didn't realize that what you meant. Well, another option could be everyone just gets the seventy thirty split. I was just like, oh, you're either on top getting seventy thirty or, 50. but yeah, that makes sense. Everyone can get it. Um, but yeah, like uh, I think you're. I think your suggestions make sense. Uh, and there was a bit where you were like, um, you would do things differently. I thought you meant, you know, like you could run Twitch better than than Twitch. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like, I'm loving this energy. Uh, but it turned out you just meant like your channel. And I was like, ah, oh, okay, fair enough. I mean, that's a very low bar anyway, because the amount of, you know, racism, sexism, transphobia that happens, hate raids that go on, Twitch has the capabilities and the resources. They're owned by Amazon, one of the mm-hmm. most valuable companies in the world. If they wanted to, they could sort that out very quickly. Yeah, so that bar is underground. Yeah. I could probably do a better job. Yeah. Um, Amazon don't but, want to change stuff. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that that's that, that goes without saying, because I think that's goes against a lot of what people have been taught to believe about Twitch, that you know, there's a very loving community on Twitch and everyone wants to support and see everyone win and grow. So um, when you do see stuff like that, I don't know why you don't want to step in and do something about that, but I, I don't know. But let us know what you think in the comments. What do you think about Amazon? Well, let me <laughs> let me know what you think about Twitch's revamp. These are not things that are definitely going to happen. These are just ideas that have been spoken about. And I feel like a spokesperson has told a source to get feelers out from the public. So let help us out by you know, drop in the comment, let us, letting us know what you feel about these revamp rules. Do you think a 70-30 split should be for affiliates as well? Do you think that should be reserved to the way it is? Um, and uh, what do you think about running two ads per hour? <laughs> Speaking of ads, it looks like we're looking to, you know, go into an era of ads in our games as Sony and Microsoft are reportedly looking to have adverts integrated into their free to play games these programs are planned to launch at the before the end of the year might i say and um this is something that 
it's quietly agreed on happening, but um, there hasn't been an official rollout, official announcement. Um, we don't know whether, you know, the big companies are going to take cuts of revenue and stuff like that. Um, so the plan is for adverts to appear seamlessly. So it's not just, not, you know, how Twitch or YouTube have ads, but like billboards or, you know, something subtle. What do you feel, Isaac, about ads in games, especially the free to, free to play ones? Uh, my answer is only related to free to play games. Only, I think it's fine. Um, it's a free to play game. Like, what? Like, there's not. Yes, there is infinite money in the world. Yes, that's that's true. But at the same time, like, you don't just get money for for doing like nothing unless you are of a certain class. Um. Wow. Like. Anyways, for, for this. <laughs> For this example, um, money isn't just like you know, just 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 growing on like growing on trees. All right, like Theresa May does not have this magic money tree. She hasn't gone into game dev, and I think if you're gonna play a game that doesn't cost you anything, then you are the product. Like you're the one that's generating revenue for this company in some way because. Some of these games look great, like Genshin Impact. You don't have to pay for that. But that game looks amazing. So I think they've got to like make their money back in a certain way. And there are ways to do this. Like free to play has always had ways to make money, like loot boxes, um, new skins, uh, just being better and stronger at the game. Um, and I think that's fine. Like if you play a free to play game, like don't expect things to always be fair. There will always and it's also it's another like amazing way of free free advertising because so i think when i was younger i played an mmorpg called perfect world um it's a lot of fun actually and it wasn't very pay to win when it started it did get that way towards the end um but you'd see other people like you know riding certain like mounts that were just more colorful and like really cool and you'd be like oh i want that um even though like it might not have any bearing on the game it is just cosmetic and you pay a certain amount and if it, i'm like with a massive enough, like, you know, um, fan base, if everyone's paying, like, you know, a pound, and you've got, like, a million people playing your game, you've just made a million pounds. Like, that's that's crazy. I mean, everyone would have to, to buy something in that regard. Um, but you're making a lot of money. Uh, so I think it's fine. Like, it's a free-to-play game. They have to make their money some way. Um, and if you think it's scummy, well, it's a free-to-play game. So <laughs> the only thing you're losing is your own time um which you can you can't get back so you either stop or continue like those are your only options my problem is when things like ads and free-to-play mechanics spill over into games that you've paid for that's a different story you've paid your money you should be able to get your experience you should be able to get your value for money things should not be locked behind pay nothing should be locked behind any kind of paywall if you've bought a game um, I think DLCs are okay because it's like a lot of new content, might be like a lot of new levels. So a little bit more um, of the base game, fine, go ahead. Uh, I think things like the Smash Pass, I think that's all right because you're getting like Smash is already an expansive game. You're getting these like really new, like great new characters that are a little bit experimental that change the game a little bit. They're quite fun. Um, Mario Kart Deluxe, for example, I think that's fine too because I think. Already, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe might have the most tracks in any Mario Kart game. Um, and now they're adding another, what, 32 48. or 64? 48, thank you. Um, 
and I think to, to get the whole pass is like £24. And even though it is a DLC pass, it might go down to like 20 at some point. Um, and there might even become a game where it's like it's everything in one and you can just buy that for like 40, 50, yeah. 60 quid. So I think that's 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 all right. That's fine. Um, but to, to have like certain things that are essential to the game locked behind any kind of paywall if you've bought the game is just absolute scumbaggery and is a practice that should not be allowed. And it's shit like that that's going to get the um, games heavily regulated. Like, I think the first time regulation came in was because of Mortal Kombat. And I guess that's fair enough. It was a different time. And people didn't understand that if I ripped someone's um, head off in a game, it doesn't mean I'm going to try and do it in real life. Because most people aren't sociopaths. Like, we don't want to go out and, and kill our friends. Because if we kill our friends, then we don't have any friends left. See how that works? Like, it's, it's pretty... Um, but yeah, so then, like, you know, the parents were, oh, no, no it was so violent. And then I think um, games started to get age ratings. But at the same time, that had, like, a double-edged sword effect because... Now a game was 18, if you were like 14 or something, you'd be like, whoa, i got to get my hands on that. Like, how many people did you know back in secondary school who weren't 18 but were banging GTA? Hold on, what's happening here? What's going on? GTA so, was one of the most popular games in school. Right? <laughs> like, that age really did nothing. <laughs> it just made it a, like a high-ticket item. Like, I, more... think it's, I think it's like one of those things when you forbid something, it yeah. makes it sexier. So yeah. I think that's what happened with those kind of games. So I think you're absolutely right there. All right. So in that regard, I think we lucked out. But I think if more of these practices occur, like it's it's gonna be quite problematic. So I think um like things like loot boxes already like gotten like games into trouble. Um I think there might have been lawsuits. Uh I know one game particularly, Shadow of Mordor. Um, just absolutely fucking dropped the ball because no, not Shadow of Mordor. I apologize. Shadow of Mordor is a lovely game. Um, Shadow of War, the sequel, because Shadow of War is an amazing game. But when it came out, it was full of loot boxes, which is absolute scumbaggery. Because it's bad enough that they made one of the best game systems in the world, the Nemesis system, where if someone kills you in game, because there's a mechanic where if you die in game. It, it's part of the story so you just resurrect people know you've resurrected they call you the grave walker so if one of these orcs kills you they get promoted they remember you and there's beef between you but also there's beef between other orcs and there's a whole like hierarchy system and there's war chiefs and orcs killing other orcs to become like top orc this all happens in the background while you're just playing your game um which i think is really cool and you can recruit orcs to like join your army like it's such a great system but they copyrighted it no one else can do it okay fine, this is your thing. Then they ran out the second game and it is littered with loot boxes. I missed this, thankfully, because I bought the game late because I, I got into the series quite late. Um, but yeah, like people were like really pissed and it got so bad that I think they had to strip the loot boxes out of the game completely, which is the right choice, but it was bad PR and like Shadow of War did not deserve that because it is an amazing game. It is so good. I have nothing... Minus the uh, loot boxes. I have nothing but praise for this game series. It is beautiful. And I think everyone should play it. But anyways, um, back to this whole free-to-play stuff. Uh, no, ads. Ads, not loot boxes. Anyways, <laughs> ads. No ads. Games. No ads. 
if the game is free to play, fine, put ads in it. If it's a game you've bought, then you have no right to put ads in this at all. I think it's disgusting. Um, I think it's disgusting that I never had Sky growing up, but like uh, I know of it. I think it's disgusting that you can you can have Sky, a service you pay for, and you, you still have ads in it. Like what is what is happening? Like even like TV license, what is happening? Actually, to be fair. The BBC don't show ads, so that's fair enough. But you still need a TV license to watch things like Channel 4 and Channel 5, which do show ads. What's going on here? That's a problem. Um, yeah, I, I think if you've bought something, you should not have to deal with ads. Like, ads, you've paid for it. So stop trying to, like, make more money by pushing these ads on me. No, thank you. Um, but yeah, sorry about that. I think I went on for a while. But uh, I feel very strongly about this. If you buy something... <laughs> No ads, okay? No free-to-play shit, okay? Hey, I don't mind you going long, man. That's you got a lot of good things to say when it comes to all sorts of gaming topics. Um, and they kind of bleed over to other aspects of life. So, hey, no need to apologize. Um, yeah, you dropped a lot of golden nuggets there. Uh, essentially, it boils down to paywalls behind paywalls. And I think that is what's wrong with the world. And I think that is essentially what capitalism thrives on. Oh. And it's scummy and I hate it. So I have seen a lot of negative feedback on social media, but I pretty much stand where you stand. A free to play game, I feel should have some sort of advertising system. Right. Um, and from what they've described, it's not going to hinder your um, playing experience. I think the issue is there is a right way and a wrong way to do this kind of system. And I feel because of something that you mentioned, actually, games has always, gaming, the games industry has always been behind versus, you know, movies and TVs because people know, casuals know what TV and the film industry is all about. So those are regulated. Um, so it goes to a story that I heard someone say on a different podcast. Um, shout out Luke Owen. So um, he told a story about how um, back in the day, people did subliminal messaging in cinemas. And the sublim for example, the message was buy popcorn and popcorn sales went up. People realized this and they were like, no more subliminal messaging in, in movies. So in gaming, this is a lot more recent, like the 80s or the 90s, there was subliminal messaging in their games. And because um, the regulation in gaming was so, you know, outdated, so you know, back in the past, they didn't really catch up until maybe like the noughties. And this is something that we're, we have to make sure is pinned down in the gaming industry as well. Ads need to be regulated just like a TV show or just like a film, because we need to ensure that the people playing these games are going to be safe. The gaming is something that um, when you tell someone who isn't into gaming, the first thing they think about is a kid you know, playing the game. So we need to make sure that children who are playing these free-to-play games are protected and they're not being shown stuff that is not age-appropriate or stuff that's just trying to get them to buy something that they really shouldn't be involved in. Um, I feel that is the main issue that I have. Um, the cynic in me believes that this is going to lead to ads being in paid games and that is a very bad thing and I don't want that to happen I have never wanted to be wrong more in my life I just feel that 
some scumbag is going to get, you know, some Henry Ford is going to get a genius idea to put ads in games and no one's going to have the balls to stand up to. I don't want that to happen because then you ruin this really pure art form. You ruin this thing that's been so interactive and so fun. And now it is a chore. And now it is a TV show, but not the good side of the TV show. It's the it's wading through, what, 10 minutes of adverts before you see what you actually want to see. That can't happen. Free-to-play games, I don't have a problem with it, personally. I feel the money, as long as um, the Sony and the Microsofts don't take too much of a cut, I, I hope that money comes back to the developers, the games, the companies making those games, so they can improve their games, so they can fine-tune stuff, get rid of bugs, so they can make future games that they could potentially sell. That is probably the ideal way to do it. And if they want to do stuff like billboards, billboards for Snickers, for example, I don't see why that, you know, hinders someone's playing, you know, experience. Um, games like Apex, they have, like, billboards in the back. You could just put an advert or something. I don't see the big problem with that. Um and at the end of the day, it's a game you haven't paid for. So I feel compromise is a word that I want to use here. You've got to understand that, you know, if you don't want this, you have to make do with something else. Um, and I feel like if you want to pull out a Netflix with ads, I feel that should be a free version of Netflix, not a cheap version, a free version of Netflix. Yes, you are right. Mm hmm. Just make it shit like Spotify free. <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that because you can make it so you you have, I don't want to give them any ideas, but you have like a limited amount of free watch time and then, you know, or make it like YouTube. I think YouTube has a perfect model of like free versus um, your paid version. I think if you copy that, I think I think that's a solution. You can so put ads in your things. That's not going to work, okay? Because if someone gets an ad blocker, then you just got free Netflix. Well, you can program it so um, you can't use it if you have an ad blocker. You know, there's a lot of websites that if you have an ad blocker, yeah, you can't true. access the site, turn it off. So mm -hmm. easy solution there. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But let us know what you think about adverts in games <laughs> in the comments. <laughs> I mean, while we were on topic, we talked about um, adverts being in free-to-play games and we hope that it stays that way. You know, the cost of games is very important to developers, to gamers themselves, and to PlayStation because they have rolled out this new time trial initiative that's going to take place in the PlayStation Plus Premium Package. PlayStation have been telling developers that games that will cost at least $34 will need time trials. They've gone into a little bit of more detail. All the time trials will need to be at least two hours long. Changes will not be retroactive and they do not apply to VR titles. Devs have up to three months after the release on PlayStation Store to release their trial and must be available to premium users for at least 12 months. Sony are open to custom game demos instead of trials, but that will be case by case and devs are still allowed to release free weekend trials, custom demos and trials that can be accessed by all PlayStation owners as well as these time trials exclusive to premium owners. So um, that was a lot. Isaac, I'm going to hear from you, your thoughts, you know, as a gamer. And I guess if you were to put yourself in the, in, in the, in the feet, in the shoes of a dev, how would you feel about these new time trial rules imposed on you? I am ready to be wrong about what I'm about to say next, but I think this is bullshit. Um, 
It just sounds like a glorified demo. Uh, and what is a trial? Like, is it going to be a demo? Is it going to be a thing where you can play the game as much as you want for about two hours? Is it going to be like what they do on Steam, where you can like have a game for two hours, and if you don't like it, you can return it? Um, which is pretty cool, actually, because I think uh, a speedrunner um, beat Sekiro and then just refunded it. It was a thing he did for his YouTube channel. Great content. Um, yeah, got his money back. Free game. But yeah, I guess it just comes down to like what is what is the scope of this because I'm like, I'm still not like really sure. Like I I read an article and it just sounded like this is a demo. They do demos anyways, uh, and it's a case where demos are something that take away from the devs. So instead of just working on their game, they have to create something that can be consumed in like two hours. So I'm not sure if that's going to be like PlayStation that will handle that or if the devs have to implement something or they have to create like a demo package. So it's got to be like bits and pieces of the game or maybe you get a certain level. And this isn't going to be a perfect reflection of the game because for example, if you see demos at like E3 or whatever, the character might have certain weapons that they don't normally have in that level. It's just a showcase of what they can do. Uh, and yeah, it seems unfair to impose this on on devs especially like the the AAA devs because already we're getting piecemeal content and being charged full price for it so like imagine what they're gonna do now oh we didn't have enough time to you know work on with our team of 600 staff members we just couldn't do it because of this demo like sorry you're gonna have to get less of the game it's not our fault like um i don't know i don't know how i feel about this and at the same time this might kick them in like this might this might backfire because if the same dev, let's say a dev has to pick between making it for the Xbox 360 or making it for 360, for the Xbox Series X or the PS5, and Xbox Series X, you can just make the game, but the PS5, you have to make the game and then do a little bit more. They have to pick one. They might just pick Xbox. Um, and then it might make for, like, it, it just seems like just extra work for no reason. And I don't know about you, but it's, it's come to a point where if I see, like, gameplay... For a game that I like and it's good, I'll just buy it. Um, but I don't want like too many things to be spoiled, and I don't I don't think we're in a world where like, we need demos anymore. If you want a game, just play it. And then also, if you are a PS premium user, then aren't you on the subscription based service anyway? So to be fair, they're not gonna give you good games. So again. <laughs> Yay for this PS Premium shit. We're not going to give you good games, but we will let you trial new games for two hours. Already Xbox Series X Game Pass just sounds better. Let me just play a new game on release. Yay. Although I don't think it's an exclusive thing that you get with the Game Pass. However, I strongly doubt that PlayStation are going to give you any nice exclusives. But anyways, my point is, um, it just sounds like demos. Uh, you don't even get VR titles, and like VRs are a growing part of gaming. So um, I don't know, man. Just just feels weird. Just feels unnecessary. Uh, but my point is, I don't care. What about you? <laughs> I was really digging what you were saying, and then you dropped that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Um, 
<clears throat> Generally, I do agree with what you've said. I think that this just sounds like a glorified demo system, and there's nothing wrong with demos. I think demos can work. I think now in 2022, you just have to think about why things are being done. It feels to me like this is something that they put on their premium package to try and sell subscriptions. And now they actually have to make good on those trial promises, which is not punishing, but kind of trying to get the developers to do more. And from the sounds of it, they're doing a lot already. Crunch is something that needs to be outlawed. Um, <clears throat> also, by the way, referring to an earlier thing, topic really quickly, I hope a law gets put into place that bans or makes the act of um, putting ads in paid, uh, paid games illegal. Yeah, yeah, there shouldn't be paywalls behind paywalls. Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> Back to this. Sorry, Isaac. No, I, was gonna say, I thought you were going to say something along the lines of, uh, you know, game developers shouldn't be allowed to work a certain amount of, of hours. That should be made illegal. But no ads is fine as well, I suppose. I was about to say that too. <laughs> oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I remembered that, because uh, crunch should be made illegal as well. Um, in all industries... But specifically in the games industry, just because of what we said earlier, how the games industry isn't regulated as much as other industries, and it should be, it should be taken as seriously. It's worth a lot of money now. Um, so yeah, I, I feel that there should be laws about the amount of hours that developers work, whether they want to work extra hours or not. I feel there should be um, an external force saying, no, you've had enough, enjoy life. You know touch grass so um for me i am skeptical about this time trial thing because if playstation thinks this is in any way competition to game pass they have a very rude awakening coming their way i think that you have i think you have said it correctly when you said this might bite them in the ass because with the PS4 and the Xbox One, a lot of developers decided to make games for the PS4 because it was a easier console to develop games for. And you don't, PlayStation don't want things to go the other way because they enjoyed the resurgence that the PS4 brought them. You don't want, you know, people to not want to make games for the PS4 or the PS5 because they now have to develop develop a two hour time trial version. It's it's a lot of you know i's and t's um from the articles that i've seen it seems like developers found out the same time we did which is never a good sign <laughs> no that's bad um, and for a company a company the size of playstation sony that's kind of unacceptable um you should really be trendsetters you should be trailblazers you should be setting the standard for other companies other companies should be looking at you know people like sony and microsoft and being like we should be like that um and that's not it like you need to be having a healthier chain of communication um i read another article that kind of implied that playstation would handle the time trial process and i don't know what that means exactly because the devs from the studio are going to know the game and they're going to know which parts would make the best most enticing advert as a time trial um so i don't know what this third party kind of you know angle is um i hope things get 
explained and clarified better. More so for the devs than for me, because for me, I, I just need to not get the premium package. And I don't have to worry about this. But for the devs, this is stuff that they are going to have to subscribe to because, you know, what happens if, you know, three months in a day goes by and after their game is out on PS Store and they don't have a time trial out, are there sanctions? Are there, you know, lawsuits going to happen? Right. Um, this could really make making games a chore for the for developers. And that is the one thing you do not want. Um, the games industry is kind of like that nice intersection between business and creativity and you want that to maintain that way you want that to stay basically um and you know businesses are gonna <laughs> ruin all creativity like you know in that kind of way but you don't want business to just soil the the magic of gaming um so i mean i've not played a demo since Resident Evil Village, and that's a game I was going to play anyway, so it didn't have an effect. Um, I don't really care for demos right at the moment, um, but I'm sure demos are important to some people, and I guess for them, this is going to be a good deal. Um, I don't see it being worth what has been showing to us so far from what i understand now this isn't a good thing and 34 dollars is not a lot so that's a lot of games that are going to fall in that bracket yeah. um, and if every one of those games has to come up with a time trial there's a lot of those trials that aren't going to get played and then you've <laughs> wasted people's yeah. resources um so i am skeptical of this i'm not a fan per se i don't outright hate it though um, because I think it gives gamers more options and more knowledge of a game before they, you know, commit to spending money. Um, you, I, I don't personally feel every big game should have a demo. I feel, you know, sometimes you just got to take a chance. Um, but I guess we'll wait and see because even this PlayStation, you know, extra and premium, it's not been explained very well so far and it's coming out in a couple of months. So I'm hoping that PlayStation, um, I guess, take this feedback and, you know, constructively come up with, you know, a more clarified explanation of what they're going to be doing. Hey, we're not developers. I'm not a developer, but I do care about their, you know, livelihood. And I don't want them to be working stupid hours for a two-hour result. Mm. I mean, like, I think you, you touched on something earlier. Um, I can't quite remember, but it made me think, like, maybe it is probably just... Yeah, it was when you said PlayStation are going to handle it. Maybe it is just, you know, you get to play a game for two hours. Um, but at the same time, that's that's just so weird. Like, if that was the case, do you keep your progress? Um, what if you beat the game in those two hours? Because, for example, some long games you can, like, Devil May Cry. I think if you're good enough, then you can just beat it. It's going to be a bit tedious, but you could just beat it when you first go. Um, Sekiro, you can. Uh... Dark Souls? Is it possible? No, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, you could do that. Really? Okay. I think speedruns have done it in like 20... In under an hour. It's doable. Um, so yeah, like, this is just gonna... And it, this might just be a thing like they do on Steam where you just... You can just play a game for a little bit and then just return it. And if it is, it doesn't seem very groundbreaking. Um, but maybe... I don't know, man. I think we're just lucky in the fact that 
we get a lot of good games um, just told to us via word of mouth. Because we know a lot of gamers. So I guess if you don't know too many, um, follow the Streamcast. Uh, but also, <laughs> um, yeah, if you're just like really unsure and you have like no other reference point or maybe you're just new into games, this could be something good. Uh, but for me personally, ugh. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know if this is a hot take, but I don't feel, I feel if you've completed a game, no matter how quickly you do it, I don't think you should be entitled to a refund. Because um, you've, you've, exp- you've experienced you've the product, you've the consumed yeah. the product. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, I... <laughs> I, I don't know how popular you know that take is going to be, but I don't feel that should be a thing. I, I feel the developers should be allowed or Steam should be allowed to say, no, you completed the game. No, you, you satisfied the game. You were, you know, you finished it. Uh, like if you went out to a restaurant and you cleaned the plate, if you ate the entire plate, you know, the entire meal on the plate, you can't then not pay for it. You know, mm-hmm. if it was cooked badly, you flag it before you finish the plate right that's you know it's a common practice so i think the same way here um i don't like that i think that's taking advantage of um a loophole in the system um yeah i don't think that should be a thing no you know that's that's actually a good point you know if you beat the game you gotta pay for it i like that that's uh that's a nice feel safe i think it's just one of those cases where like it's it's probably not going to be a massive majority of people doing it, so it's. I guess it's fine. It's like one of those trial before you buys. Um, I think that's the thing they're kind of going for. Like you know how you might be able to like try your bed, and if you don't like it in what 72, 72 days or whatever, you can like send it back. But most people won't because they just genuinely enjoy it. Um, so I think it's one of those cases. I think most people won't won't do it, but you get like a very small majority of people returning it. And you know what? Honestly, like for the for the average consumer of games, I would say if you play the game and you play it for like an hour or two and you're just not having fun, maybe you probably won't. And it's good that you can you can return it. So it can be taken advantage of, but at the same time, I think I think it's good to have because oh like I know The Witcher is a good game and people love it. I tried and I was just <laughs> bored. And put that down. It. Just... Someone did say at work that after a certain point, like it's it's quite good. Maybe I just haven't got past that point, but which is a long game, so it's got that for it. Yeah. So, nah. Not... Time is precious. We don't have time to wait for games to get good. Yeah, maybe when I'm old, I might give it another try. <laughs> I I definitely feel you know those are two different situations. If you've played a game for a couple of hours and you're like, this isn't for me, you should one hundred. 100% be entitled to a refund. That's very different. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I feel if you've, you know, you bought a game and for whatever reason, you know, you don't like it, you know, for example, a Souls game and, you know, you found it buggy and uh, you don't like the jank or the camera work or whatever, fine, get a refund. But then I feel if you've, you've gone through the effort of speedrunning the game, you've completed the game with a special condition to purposely try and get a refund from it, it doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, no, I get that. That's fair. That makes sense. But let us know in the comments what you feel, I guess, about that whole thing. Do you feel, you know, speedrunners should be entitled to refunds on games if they complete it within two hours? And 
PlayStation time trials. What are your thoughts of these trials that will be exclusive to PS Premium users for 12 months, every game, uh, $34 or more? Let us know what your thoughts are. Now, I assume one of those games affected by this change will be God of War Ragnarok, because I'm sure that's going to be more than $34. And there has been talk about whether it's going to be delayed, whether it's still going to come out 2022, the same year as Elden Ring, the same year as Sifu, the same year as Forbidden West. And uh, the animation director, Bruno Velasquez, has confirmed via Twitter that Ragnarok is 100% still built for release this year. So Isaac, I want to ask you very quickly, do you think this game comes out this year? Yes or no? And if you think so, which month do you think it comes out in? Uh, well, he said it's coming out, so great. I think they said it was coming out in the later half of 2023. Uh, maybe like October? Yeah, but no, that's fair. That's literally what I was going to say as well. Yeah, if it comes out this year, I think it's October 22. I, I think it gets delayed till March 23. I want mm-hmm. to be wrong on that as well. Um, is that because March is going to be the year of Ares or something about yeah, God of War? They do something like that. Yeah, they've yeah. done that in the past. You know, mm-hmm. March is uh, named after Mars, the Roman yeah. God of War. Obviously, Ares is the Greek God of War. They've done, they've kept that theme for a long time. God of War 18 was meant to come out in March as well. So I think it will either be October 22 or March 23. Um, I'm going to trust Bruno. His word is on the line here. Uh, so I'm going to say October 22, and I hope it comes out this year. No, that's fair enough. Uh, I honestly don't mind if it gets delayed. Um, delay it all you want, because... I don't know, that's weird. Like, I'm not... I'm not, like, like thirsty for the next God of War. I'm just very... Yeah, when it's out, just, just play it. I don't know, it's just me. So everyone else who is thirsty for it, oh, well. Um, I don't mind. Play the first uh, one again. One. Play the first one again. Yeah, right. Uh, and uh, you know, it's great because I, I, you know, I don't think this is terrible because it means more people can now get PS fives. Obviously, you can, I think you can still get it on PS four. I hope you can get it on PS four. Um, this means more people can get PS fives, and I guess more people can enjoy the game. So it's not the end of the world if it does get delayed a little bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, I yeah, I just want to say that I don't care if this game does get delayed till 2023. Um, the old adage I'd rather a delayed game than a shit game, so take as much time as you need, Santa Monica. Hey, I'll wait because you built enough goodwill with me, I trust you. If the game needs more time, it needs more time, but um, yeah, you know, it's just been confirmed as coming out this year by Corey Barlog and Bruno Velasquez, so I'm just like, okay, cool, it's coming out this year, cool, yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, let us know what you think in the comments. You think God of War Ragnarok is going to come out this year. And if you do, which month do you think it will come out in? All right. We're going to jump into some leaks, some rumors. The Game Boy Advance apparently has been leaked. Um, so there's an emulator for Game Boy Advance on the Switch. So similar to how you've got uh, Nintendo 64 games and SNES games and stuff like that on the Switch online system, the Game Boy Advance has been rumored to be making that jump too. There have been leaks verified by Modern Vintage Gamer. So my question to you, Isaac, is do you think we're going to get an announcement in like a future Nintendo Direct that Game Boy Advance games are coming to the Switch online system? And what games would make you join 
online system if you aren't already and if you have joined the online system what games would you like to see brought into the lineup uh so i think i'm gonna ask this like in reverse order no game will make me get it um don't want it uh <laughs> and i don't know like maybe like um i think i'd watch somewhere that the gba was stronger than the n64 uh I'm not sure how true that is um because gba is a smaller screen and when you look at it it's quite pixelated but when you in 64 game it's like it's, it can be a lot more vibrant um but you know like a lot of the games that were on n64 you could play on your gba so anyways um it seems like the the natural progression for nintendo and because it's nintendo they are going to drip feed you these gba games they won't just be like a slew of gba games it won't be a netflix thing where you just like get a whole season of games coming out no it will be that that very unliked practice where Netflix will release a show a week. Like, who the fuck are you, Netflix? Okay, <laughs> stick to what you know, Netflix. Okay, you are not Channel Five. You are not Channel Four. You are not Channel Three. You're not the BBC, and that's why we like you. Okay, so stop teasing us. Like, release the box set. Okay, if we've got time, we'll watch it. If we don't have time, we'll watch it in bits but in our own time, which is what we pay you for, okay? Um, so, yeah, I don't think uh, Nintendo are going to get... Like, I think the N64 was announced, and there's, like, 10 games there, um, and that's it. And not even all the Zelda games. I think just one of them. Like, what's, what's going on? Like, just, just give us what we want, you know? Uh, but, yeah, like, um, I think it's going to be a drip feed of games, and at the same time, like, I, I still don't think... Uh, the the added price to get these games is worth it because I don't think the Nintendo emulator is the best. I've heard that N sixty four games are a little bit janky, um, and in addition, I generally think you know as a GBA game. For, well, to be fair, I guess the Switch is portable, but if you really want to play these games, you probably just like whip out your GBA and play them. I don't think anyone's thinking, oh, do you know what I haven't played in ages? That's been on the N sixty four. And that's been on the 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 Wii console um, via the the Nintendo channel that was on the Wii U that I can play on the Switch. I think you can play on the Switch already. Maybe I'm wrong. I'll take that back. That has been re-released for the for the um, Nintendo DS. You know, I haven't played in a while. It's been on all these consoles that I've had so many chances to play a Zelda game. I'll play that. What? Come on, man. What's, what's going on here? Um, I know some people like bang out games like every year and they love them and whatnot. But unless there's going to be like some form of graphical update, um, I get it. You know, you can take the Switch on the go anywhere. So it's nice to have. But unless it's going to be like some form of graphical update, like, oh, is it worth it? Like, come on. Like, and if you are that that into like retro games so much i know there are there are like n64s that have been modded that can play these n64 games in hd um we can get n64 that's got all the games on it or people are already emulating certain games because nintendo have taken so long to do it like i don't know if this is gonna be the the hit nintendo think it is but hey like there are lots of casual gamers out there who maybe just have a switch and want something easy to consume GBA games on. Nintendo have the rights to all these games. Uh, it's been emulated in the past, so it, it's quite... Hey, if you know certain websites, 
you can just play these games already. So it's probably not going to be that hard for Nintendo to do. So it's just easy money. So I guess it is what it is. Um, yeah. Uh, don't know why it took them so long, but yay, we have it. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. I don't care. I mean, if you turn that G into a V, I mean, I think you find a good emulator right there. Great emulator, really. <laughs> iPad. I mean, I yeah, from sources, from sources, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, I don't like the Switch Online package because Shit. I don't. <laughs> hey, I mean, you know, hey, like the pro Brexit argument, it is shit. I agree. Um, I don't feel. I sometimes think you you love Brexit. You love Brexit too much. I know it's ironically, but you love it too much. You quote it so much. No, 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 no. no. What I like, what I love, is um, people having free will and choice, uh, intentionally making the wrong choice, and then complaining about the uh, consequences of their actions. That's what I love. Um, yeah, because I remember the day after the Brexit vote, <laughs> a man went on the BBC to say, I voted for Brexit because I thought it wouldn't win. It has won, and now I'm quite afraid. <laughs> what an idiot! What an idiot! That is the most backwards logic ever. What? I'm here to remind you people that you made this decision, not me. I was anti-Brexit because I'm not dumb. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't like it simply because it's not simple. And, you know, whether that makes me come across a certain way, I feel these subscription models like Game Pass and PlayStation Plus, the old PS Plus, I think why they were so successful is because it was a very simple, straightforward system. You paid X and you got Y. Um... These games that we're getting for the N64 and was it the Sega uh, Mega Drive or the whatever? Mm. SNES and NES, I think. Yeah, NES, you get NES. Drive games on this. I think so because they've released the controller for it. So oh, they, they've got. Yeah. I don't know any. I don't know anyone who has said to me, "I play the NES emulator on the Switch." No one has said that to me. So I don't know who that's for. Um, Nintendo is a is 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 a is an empire right now, so there must be people who are subscribed to that and playing and enjoying, you know, all those old games. But they're not for me. Um, I think this is different because I played the Game Boy Advance, and I think it's just about young enough to get people of our age group who used to play Game Boy games. And the Game Boy Advance is one of the best consoles of all time, and I think it's got the second best gaming library of all time. So I think there is a lot of mileage there. The thing is, with Nintendo, they don't put those great gaming libraries out on those. No, no, no. What they do is they pick one game from one franchise that you like, and then you get all of these games you've never played before. And unless you're someone who has that experience or memory of it, you're not going to play those games. Like Advance Wars, cool. There are fans out there. I'm never going to play the Advance Wars game. There's nothing nothing that nintendo could do to get me excited about that franchise and i feel like those are the types of games that we're going to get on this game boy switch online thing 
like for me, there's a very easy solution to this. You put a bunch of Pokemon games on there because people would love to play Fire Red, Emerald, all of those kind of games out there. They won't do it though. I want to be proven wrong again. Prove me wrong. But I I don't feel that they'll put you know a great game like Leaf Green on there or Ruby and Sapphire. Absolute banging games. They wouldn't do it. If they did, you know, I'd, I'd <laughs> happily eat that humble pie. <laughs> um, but I don't I don't see it happening. Um, I think the fact that, you know, uh, MVG, Modern Vintage Gamer, has uh, apparently verified the leaks as to being um, authentic. I think that's cool. Um, because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't believe this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will believe it when I see it in the Nintendo Direct, basically. Because I don't think this is happening anytime soon. You'd be surprised. Like, Nintendo would sneak you them directs. Just, oh, oh shit. Lunchtime is a direct. <laughs> what? even know the amount of times this year that i've been like blindsided by a nintendo direct please have some respect i have a job (laughs) (laughs) trying to make money out here come on man Uh, (laughs) but i guess we throw this out to you the comment section let us know do you think the game boy advance is joining the switch online rasta let us know if you'd be getting that what kind of games would you like to play on the switch um let us know. And we go into our final topic of the pod, Ubisoft. Uh, there are rumblings that private equity firms such as Blackstone Inc. and KKR and Co. are looking to acquire Ubisoft. So word on the street is Ubisoft have been suffering production issues and their stock price has dropped considerably, which is usually a sign that um, a company is gearing up for a sale. I hear there's also like auditors going on, but I feel that's quite a regular thing anyway in a company that large. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, basically Ubisoft might be for sale and private equity firms, you know, not, you know, big boys like Sony and Microsoft, and they might be big in their own right, but you know what I mean? Not Sony mm-hmm. and Microsoft. Um, those are the front runners to acquire the studio. Uh, do you feel Ubisoft will be sold? Um, and who would you like to see buy Ubisoft? Uh, I don't want to say like Microsoft, but they're not in the running. Um, so it's a tough one. Uh, I think I, I think apart from the Assassin's Creed games, which I don't like anymore, uh, I don't really know what Ubisoft do. If I'm honest, um, I know they did Rayman. I think they did Rayman, which was ages ago. So maybe we'd get more Rayman if got sold but i think raymond's had his time in the or their time in the sun um uh, I, you know i don't think i follow ubisoft to play any of their games uh, anyone can have them <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just take them whatever so for reference uh on top of assassin's creed obviously there's prince of persia mm-hmm. um tom clancy's series watchdogs for honor and Far Cry, uh, which ha- obviously had Giancarlo Esposito on their latest game, nice. so they're quite a lot of big titles. That's um, why they're in debt. That's that's a that's a big name <laughs> that they bought. Oh, it's Hulk Hogan again. <laughs> oh no, I feel Ubisoft will be sold, but I don't think it's for the reasons like production issues and stock price dropping. I I just feel that. Uh, Ubisoft is on the table and mm-hmm. anyone can get bought these days. I would be very surprised if Microsoft bought my, uh, Ubisoft 
so soon after buying uh, Activision. Activision, yeah. That's fair. Because that was a really expensive purchase. That was a big one. And um, that purchase is still being reviewed. Apparently, stakeholders have to vote on whether that purchase even goes through. Oh. So <laughs> that's how big the purchase was, that there's so many you know, red tape and steps and hurdles and obstacles that Microsoft have to overcome. Um, I mean, for me, I feel that purchase is done. I, I think all of this is a formality, but I think it, I would be very surprised if Microsoft then turned around and bought Ubisoft. Um, I think that might trigger the, um, oh, I forgot what they were called, but basically the people who audited the transaction in the first place for Activision to see whether this will cause a monopoly, because I feel this purchase would signify somewhat of a monopoly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't see Microsoft doing it, but I do think that's the most logical choice at the same time. I don't see Nintendo really <laughs> bothering. Uh Nintendo buying nothing. They're happy by themselves. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah, I don't see that happening. So that that does leave Sony out of like the big gaming giants um, that you know that we're accustomed to seeing. I can see you know PlayStation acquiring Ubisoft. I don't think that would happen though. Yeah, I feel PlayStation are more likely to try and acquire from Software or Square Enix as opposed to an Ubisoft. Um, but I wouldn't be entirely shocked to see, you know, a sudden announcement of that kind. Because when you look at the past few studios that PlayStation have acquired, they have been smaller to medium-sized companies, like, you know, Housemark and stuff like that. Um, so I don't see that happening. I do think it'd be, you know, a, a different firm altogether if Ubisoft do get sold um, to, to maybe a Blackstone Inc., who I know nothing about. Um I think it would be a private, you know, firm from, you know, some sort of different kind of place that buys Ubisoft. But if this means Prince of Persia gets remade properly, I'm all for it. I don't care who buys Ubisoft. (laughs) Please remake 08. So that's all I want. (laughs) You remember that trailer they put out that looked ghastly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like someone um, um, shat on a disc. And put it in a machine. Yeah, yep. it was terrible. How many did they let that go out? I don't, who who said yes to that? What? Was, it's crazy. It doesn't look good at all. Even by like PS4 standards, what's always happening? I don't think it looked good by PS3 standards. It was yeah. not good. It was absolutely terrible. Mm-hmm. That looked so bad that I would rather they don't remake the franchise than yeah. put out slop like that. Just Come on, leave it alone, right? Yeah. Or better yet, because I don't know if that was a reimagining or they were actually trying to. Because I, I was gonna say I don't know if they were actually trying to remake the original game. Because I was gonna say why not just remake it but make it look nice. But as I started, as the words came out of my mouth, I realized oh, I genuinely think that's what they were trying to do. I think they were trying to make the original look better and just oh, they failed. It looks fucking <laughs> ghastly. Oh my, and I can't let them get away with that because we have amazing games like Spy Reignited, um, the Crash Trilogy, uh, Demon Souls that just was redone, um, and a lot of great ones that I just can't think off the top of my head right now. So there's, there's no excuse for them. Don't don't bring that shit to the market, please. 
Yeah, I feel there's not an excuse to put out a shit game in 2022, um, especially a shit game of a game that you made previously um, with more limitations. Uh, there is absolutely no reason why you should be putting out a trailer of a beloved series and it looks like crap. Um, yeah, just go back to the drawing board. Do, do what Nintendo did with Metroid 4, is it? I don't know. Yeah, Where they were just like, we're not happy with this game. We're starting again. Just do that, to be honest, because um, it's a different type of relationship that gamers have with studios. Um, and sometimes if a game comes out and it's shit, no matter what you do, that game's going to be branded as shit and no one's going to get your sequel and stuff like that. So um, take time. Take care of your franchise, respect it, because um, gamers respect their time. So uh, we don't want to waste our time with a half ass remake. Just don't do one if you don't care about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I will quickly add that Ubisoft is a company that has come under fire for similar reasons to Activision Blizzard. Um, the scale is smaller, I would say. But there is similar talk and behavior issues going on there. So I could see something, you know, someone like a Microsoft swooping in and trying to change the culture. Um, But I don't see why Sony can't do that too. Um, (laughs) Saying that though, PlayStation are in hot water as well for the treatment of their workers too. So everyone's in hot water. (laughs) Nintendo's in the hot water. Lawsuit about, you know, um, unionization rules going out there. It's, It's everyone's getting sued today, it seems. I mean, but maybe I think... Nintendo deserve it a little bit, like right, fix the Joy-Con drift. I know it's completely different, but fix your Joy-Con drift. Apparently, that's related. Apparently, that's related. Of course, so it is. They they outsourced their Joy-Con repair system to basically a third party store, and they had so many requests that they couldn't adequately deal with the requests, so the repairs were shit. So, out of that, a lawsuit was born, um, and Nintendo are. Uh, Oh, it's it's not a good time for them at the moment. The Joy-Cons is a, is a nightmare because that shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for them to be that expensive as well. Uh, right? so... It's ridiculous. Hey, at least with the DualSense, they work. I can see why they're so expensive. There's a lot mm-hmm. of tech, you know, in the flipping pad to the point where they are getting updated now as well as the console. So I can see that. But the Joy-Cons do better, man. Do better. Mm. Like eight quid. Oh no! Just buy a pro controller and just have have something that works. It's disrespectful. It's downright disrespectful. That's what that is. But let us know your thoughts about the Ubisoft news. Do you think Ubisoft will be sold? Do you think this is just you know rumblings out there in the universe? And who would you like to see acquire Ubisoft? Would you like to see Ubisoft join? The Microsoft Super Studios list, which you like to see Ubisoft under the Sony umbrella, let us know in the comments. And we'll call it there because we went a bit over because this was a whole month of roundup. I'm looking forward to editing this one. Um, <laughs> uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please um, let us know on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, wherever. Streamcast underscore. We are quickly approaching 100 TikTok followers. We've just passed 700 Instagram followers and 800 Twitter followers. So thank you for your support. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube. And if you did, give us a thumbs up, please. That would help us out greatly. Leave a comment, subscribe, and set the bell to all so you get all of our videos as soon as they go live. 
follow us on Twitch, Streamcast TV. Um, subscribe to our newsletter on the streamcast.co.uk. And this podcast is available wherever you like to listen to your pods, whether that be Spotify, Apple, or another platform. Just search Streamcast on your platform of choice and follow and or subscribe. And uh, we hope to see a lot of you at Comic-Con London in May. Uh, yeah, but in, until the next podcast, I hope you all take care of yourselves and your loved ones. Stay safe and we'll see you on the next Streamcast. <laughs>